Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good in your world. Um, everything is fine here, I guess I would say. Um, well, as fine as fine can be. And um, it's pretty much a weird time in that. I wouldn't say it's weird, but I'm getting to... It's funny how I find myself, I'm getting older and I'm learning new things. I'm learning more about life. I'm learning more about people. I'm learning more about God. And I'm learning a whole lot more about how God works with people and how the devil also works with people. And um, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that is going on in our world of today that hasn't happened before in a different way different time but the same thing and i'm just beginning to find that out as well i guess i'd always known it but i'm fine i'm just beginning to find that out so i'm still trying to get myself um, let's just say i'm learning a lot i'm learning a lot and um, i thank god that he's holding my hand through the process so i don't have to i don't have to be alone but i think the basic thing that I'm realizing is that the world is a very dangerous, dark place. And that what God explained that happened in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, where, you know, the serpent came in, deceived the man and the woman, and they got cast out of the Garden of Eden. And then this entire broken world that we saw where children can fall sick, people die, there's pain, there's sorrow, there's evil, there's cruelty, there's violence, there's corruption. Evil is rewarded, good is punished. You know, this this broken system that we are all born into started from that place. And it's still broken. I think that's the thing. The world is still broken. It is still corrupt. It is still under the reign of the rulers of the darkness of this world. God hasn't brought that to an end yet. But during the period he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us, rose on the third day, took his blood, sprinkled it upon the things in the heavenlies, made a way for those of us who would receive him to receive the power to become sons of God, even in the midst of this broken, perverse, cruel, corrupt, devil-governed world. He made a way of escape through the blood of Jesus, through the word of God, by his power. And by that singular sacrifice that Jesus did, People like me, who were once alienated from God, far off, distant, can now be called the sons of God. I have access by faith into the grace of God wherein I stand and I rejoice in the hope of God's glory. I have the ability to call upon God. He answers me. I have the ability to seek his help. He gives it to me. I am on his agenda. He has the, he's committed to protect me, to provide for me, to preserve me, to uphold me, to defend me. I have also enrolled up to his kingdom plan and I have promised and covenanted that I will be a light in this crooked and perverse generation and that the message by which I myself was saved, I will also offer that message to others so that others too can be saved. So we're on a recon mission. I have enrolled as a soldier of Christ. Even as I am part of the army, I'm benefiting from the power of the kingdom and the protection of the kingdom and the provision of the kingdom. I have also signed up to be a part 
of the army that will enroll and enlist others unto Christ. That is what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about. But we are walking in enemy territory. This world as it is, is not home. Neither is it friendly to us. I think the shocking thing is that what we will find, or what I am finding is that this battle will pitch me against even people that ordinarily I would not have expected to have been pitched against. I have been thrust into a situation, it's not of my making because the whole, I mean, what happened predates my existence. There are certain things that I am, we are all born into it. We're born into this broken world and there's a God camp and there's the other camp. Whether we like it or not, whether I like it or not, there's nothing I can do about it. I think a lot of people, when they say, we try to think we can be neutral. You can't be neutral in this world. It's just the way it is. You are either on the God camp or you're on the other camp. Or I, I too, am either on God camp. In everything that I say, in everything that I do, I am either walking with God, walking for God, walking by God, or walking by the devil for the devil with him and i don't even mind i think you know the bible talks about people whose minds are blinded and they do not know that they're under the god of the world the small g of the world god um, g small g for god of the world which is the devil the prince uh, the ruler of darkness the prince of the power of the air the prince of this world these are these are all the words that jesus uses to describe him and some people unconsciously don't know that they are under his um, influence. I have sympathy for those of people who are in that situation. And I believe that God, for all of us, even if, you know, if my heart is pure, your heart is pure, our heart is pure, God will find a way to bring us to a place of awareness where we now know, okay, this is what's going on. And then we're able to choose wisely. I think what I'm beginning to find out is there are a lot of people who are willful accomplices. They are in willful partnership with the devil. This, this I must confess, really boggles my mind. It really, really does. Because I've always felt that... I felt that for people to do... You know, that for you to follow the devil and do things that are pleasing in his sight... I felt that you must be deceived. You know, that, that was really what I felt. I felt that there was, you must be deceived. And I do, I do believe that probably there is a level of deception, but I think I'm beginning to find out that there are people right now that it's not just about being deceived. I think the deception is believing that it's going to work out for them well in the end. But in terms of, they're not deceived in terms of the role they are playing right now in the moment. It's, you know, it's a willful choice. And what I like about God, and I've said this in previous musings, and I, I'm saying that it's coming to my mind again now. I like the fact that God holds everybody accountable. I like that. I like the fact that he doesn't change the rules for anyone. I like the fact that he's doubles, even that he doesn't have any double standard. He holds himself also to the same word that he holds you and I to. And he holds himself to the same standard, even higher standards. He, he keeps him, he's bound by his own word. I like that fact about, I like that about him because I want evil to be punished. 
I want evil to be judged. In the same way, if I commit evil, I also want to be judged and punished for it. It's the only way we can have an orderly planet and an orderly universe. And that this world and this life can even be worth living. Because if everybody wants to be, all of us decide to be cruel, to be manipulative, to be evil, what kind of life, please, what kind of life would that then be? What kind of life would that be? You know, so it's, I, 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 um, footnote to myself, I'm, and I, I don't even have a title for this music because I'm just speaking from my heart. I'm just realizing that I have to hold on to God really, really closely. The whole earth is messed up. To be honest, the, the, uh, you know, the world is just messed up. And there are a lot of people who, you know, I, I, so this is the thing. So growing up, what I understood was, I understand people struggling with the flesh. I really understand that. I understand that. I mean, I've been in that space where, you know, that this is the standard that God's word gives and it's really like too high for you and you know you're just struggling you want to do stuff you want to do things you want to be in relationships and do things i've been there i understand that because that's your flesh and for some of us for someone like me i'm that kind of person that i don't make connections easy so when i meet somebody that i liked at least you know when i was single and all that i get so overwhelmed it's just difficult for me i get carried away i'm so in the moment and everything it was just really tough for me so i really struggled in the flesh and, you know, I, whenever I meet people today who are, like, able to keep it together, I'm like, wow, power to you. I wasn't able to do that. I, so I understand that. But with everything, it wasn't like I wasn't choosing to rebel against God. I wasn't, you know, I, I just was unable to manage my emotions around, you know, in, in, in when I felt I was just, I had put so much, I was that kind of person who was always looking for love, who was always looking for you know, yeah, and now I understand why, because I think I was really starved of real love growing up, and I didn't realize it, that that was what kept, made love so important to me, and I guess that was what made me seek God, too. I was, for a very large extent, I was really alone, and I didn't know, you know, when you're raised in a particular way, I didn't realize how alone I was, but I, I, I knew I was looking for something, and I didn't know why, so I knew I was alone, but I didn't understand why. And anyone who knew me as a child would be like, how could you say you're alone? You had this, you had this person. But yeah, I was alone. That's all I would say, you know. And I, I think that's what made me seek God pretty early. That's what made seek me seek him pretty early. And he's just always been there. He's just been this permanent fixture in my life. Um, he's actually my father. I just look at him. He's my father. You know, it's it's not even debatable. My relationship with him is 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 is. I mean, it's not debatable. It's not. It's not up for discussion. It's not up for negotiation. There is no option. We've been together for like all my life, as far as I'm concerned, and he's just always been there. And now that I'm more aware about certain things that happened to me when I was younger that I didn't fully understand the general atmosphere around me I realized that he was watching over me through it all there were things I feelings I had that I didn't understand why I had those feelings now those questions are being answered I'm now realizing that I was in a very hostile environment and I didn't know but the Lord 
protected me. But I, I did sense that there was hostility. I just didn't understand why. So I just didn't understand why. And, you know, anyways, so God has always been there with me. And so I, like I was saying, I, I understand people struggling with the flesh. I just, but I, I, I didn't know that there were people who actually seek to have the power of the devil who willfully look at God and look at the devil and choose the devil. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And now I'm beginning to be aware of people who are claiming to be Christians, are living their lives on earth as though they were Christians. In society, they're seen as Christians. But they're doing something else in the covers of darkness where no one else sees them. They have... A relationship and a partnership with with the arch enemy you know and that for me just breaks my heart because I'm like why you know and um, but I realize that the world you know when I read the Old Testament I see that there were people like that you know when they talk about the children of Israel burning strange fire you know seven strange gods it was like a fairy tale but now and now I realize that there are actually people who think they can do both. But what you find in such cases, just like in the Old Testament, was that they were never really doing both. All they were doing is they were doing one. Because once you slip into idolatry, there's no space for God. I mean, God is no longer there. So even though they would, you know, position or project as though they were still serving God, it was clear where their allegiances lied. Because, I mean, the Bible says the little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. There's, you know, once you, it's like water. Once you put, you contaminate it, it's contaminated. You know, no matter how much contamination is in it, that water is no longer pure. It's no longer pure. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. So it's not about, oh, I just put in a little drop of water. No, the water is no longer safe to drink. Whether you put in a drop of contaminated fluid, or two drops, or three drops, or ten drops, contaminated water is contaminated water. It is no longer safe to drink. So, people are drinking bitter waters and pretending that they are drinking pure. So that, you know, that, that just blew me away. And the only reason why I know this is because I've, I've, yeah, been in a place where I have seen that, yeah, that is the case. So that, that that has been a little bit tough for me to deal with in my adult days. I'd always heard about it, to be honest. You know, I'd seen, you know, watched films. I just felt, you know, those things are not really real. When I have actually seen people who are like this. And, and I realized that, and then in talking to a lot of people, I'm like, and then they're like, ah, Shana, why, why are you just realizing this? This is what happens. And I'm like, wow. I mean, there have always been insinuations, you know. I've always heard things, you know. Even in some cases, you read newspapers, news stories. But I guess I never, I never expected it with people that I knew and who I thought that at least their relationship with God was genuine. And, you know, and these are people who are close to me, had had a strong influence in my life. At least I thought they did, although they were always things that didn't quite add up 
you know, contentions, perspectives that I just didn't, you know, but I always thought, okay, they have a quirky way of looking at things personality-wise. There was always a contention that I didn't quite understand. Now it all, it all makes sense. It was light versus darkness. There was one of the two relationships particularly that this has happened with. There was, there's always been a contention that I didn't, you know, we would, arguments would come up out of, it just didn't make sense. And I would be like, and I always thought we're on the same page. I always thought, okay, we're always about Christ. I always thought, oh, we both want the best outcomes for one another, for life. But I didn't, there was just always arguments. And I didn't understand. And I would, I would go back and wonder, what did I say? You know, why did it, I didn't realize that it was a light versus darkness issue. It wasn't possible for us to be in agreement because fundamentally, spiritually, we're not. And I think, first of all, I, maybe perhaps the reason why the Lord is making me to talk about this is not just for my sake, but for other people who sometimes we're, we're trying too hard with a relationship. If you find out that regardless of your best efforts, things are going in a particular way and you're someone who is really like working with God, you know that your heart and your intentions are pure, maybe it's time to step back. And ask God to reveal to you what's really going on. And it may not be like what I experienced, though, but maybe it's just time to step back. Because I'm beginning to find out that if you're not somebody who is confrontational, in fact, you hate conflict and confrontation, and you're not somebody who likes to just be, you know, disruptive for the sake of being so, if there's a particular relationship that keeps ending up in that way, regardless of your best efforts, there's something going on. There's something going on. There's something going on. Sometimes it may just be you dealing with the you know spirit behind it, and that solves it. But when it's a willful partnership, you can't. You may not be able to resolve it just by dealing with the spirit. That's what I found out. You have to really, really then distance yourself from that person, cut off that relationship, as much as you can, depending on the kind of havoc it's it's trying to bring about in your life. But what is true is this. When God says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, that Jesus has come, that he may have life. We may have life and have it in abundance. That's what I have found. Anything that God is in, any relationship that God is in it, any life that God is in that life, that life brings life. It brings it in abundance. Any relationship that is always bringing contention, I mean, you're not doing anything, you're not the um, antagonist here, but for some reason, trouble is just coming out of nowhere. We can also see that the devil's fingerprint is all over the place. The next question is, is he doing this, who, you know, is, is this the devil, is this, been, is this happening consciously or unconsciously? Do we have a willing participant here? Is somebody, you know, in partnership with the enemy or is it just a case of the devil opportunistically taking advantage of our collective ignorance? And, you, you know, that you can also, by the Holy Spirit, find out um, whether it's actually this person or, you know, someone else or whatever. And I don't know if I'm making any sense at this point, but what I'm saying is that I have found that in some of these relationships, there's just a whole lot more going on. And um, it's easier if it's someone that is not very close to you because then, I mean, you just 
change, you know, you just distance yourself. And sometimes if it's a work relationship, you may just have to deal with the spirit, bind it in the name of Jesus, and then things go back to normal. At least they're not able to bring that drama in your space. But if it's someone that because of family relationships, you have to maintain a relationship with, then you really need the wisdom of God to show you how you are going to function in that space. But what you cannot do is compromise the word of God and the power of God in your life. So the Bible says, give the enemy no place. He also tells us to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I continue to ponder down that scripture. Jesus told his disciples, behold, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves. You know what it means to be sent out as a sheep in the midst of wolves. The only thing wolves live for is to tear their prey. And the sheep have no way of defending themselves except by the power of the shepherd. So one thing we cannot do is walk ahead of the shepherd. One thing we cannot do is leave the protection of the shepherd. If the shepherd says this place is dangerous, you cannot argue with the shepherd. If the shepherd says, be careful, this is a wolf, you cannot argue with the shepherd. Because we have no defenses of our own. We have no horns. We have no sharp teeth. We are sheep. I am a sheep. Be wise as a serpent. Wise as a serpent means you are aware of the environment that you're in. Where danger lies. The people who are walking with you, who you should walk with, and the people that you should avoid. The things you should avoid, the situations you should not put yourself in, the spaces you should not be in. Wisdom is profitable unto all things. And this I'm speaking to myself now because I have the tendency when the Lord is guiding me in a direction to begin to use my brain and figure it out and be very, you know, intellectual about things. Wisdom is profitable unto all things, Shala. Remember, you need to be wise as a serpent, even though harmless as a dove. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.